And I'm Diana. And you're listening to Fiction Kitchen, where we're cooking with inspiration from our favorite books, movies, and TV. Today we are talking about the Scorpio races and Raw. <laughs> I want to say like Raw. Raw. Let me put my fingers out like claws. Well, <laughs> funnily enough, there's lots of growling in this movie, so <laughs> I'll talk about that in just a little bit. Um, but first, let's do Tasty Time, where we talk about what's going on in fiction food. Tasty Time. Yeah, uh, so we wanted to mention this uh, cool tea company called Grimoire Tea and Herbal Alchemy. I love it already. Yeah, and as of this recording, everything is sold out, but on (laughs) (laughs) November, they're that popular, yeah. Um, But on November 17th, they are opening their shop. It's an online shop. Um, and they'll have huge holiday sale and a lot of, a lot of teas. So, uh, some of the teas, just to give you an idea, a set that I'm really interested in is the Harry Potter snacks gift set. It's like Honeydukes inspired tea, pumpkin juice, chocolate frog. Um, but they have like Nightmare Before Christmas. They have, uh, Gilmore Girls. They have, uh, like. Doctor Who um, stuff, it looks like. Yeah, Doctor Who. Yeah, and like young adult books, like, um, the Throne of, or excuse me, the Court of Thorn and Roses series, and, um, yeah, just a lot of, yeah, Disney princesses, um, we are, the, witches be, we are the witches be crazy. Mr. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh yeah, and then though I was looking at the witch one right next to that. Yeah, we are yeah, the weirdos from the craft. witches be crazy. Oh. Yeah. Oh, and it looks like they have yeah. spice, spice mixes too, not just teas. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. I think that's like a newer thing. So hopefully they'll have like. Oh yeah, this um, is a bunch of that for their holiday sale. Oh, this looks delightful. Yeah, and it's really neat because the tea comes in. Like, I'm assuming they're little glass bottles. So these little bottles, um, and then they're wax sealed. I mean, they have, so I'm, they have a, uh, maybe they have a cap on, I don't know, but like, over top of it, it's like wax melted on, like a dripping wax. It's really oh, very cool. very nice. Yeah. Yeah, it has kind of a witchy aesthetic. I'm yeah, definitely going to so, be checking back before the holidays. Very cool. I know, herbal, herbal alchemy in their sub, subheading, so that's <laughs> really cool. Um, yeah, so, uh, November 17th, they will reopen, uh, and we'll put a link to their website. Uh, I discovered them on, uh, Instagram, so I'll put their Instagram on there too. I have some good, uh, photos on there. Excellent. So, well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and also just a plug really fast. Um, so it's, by the time this episode airs, Shira, the the new Shira reboot on Netflix will have aired, and it looks and so fun. Yes, like they've they've shared so far. They've shared like these extended clips, and I've watched them all. They look, it just looks so good. So, just putting that out there in case anyone yeah, it looks great. Might be it has interested like, and ha- hasn't heard of it yet. It's, yeah. it's like got the nostalgia factor, but with like a totally new flavor. You know, so I, I kind of like how they kind of the direction they went in with that. All right, so today you're talking about Scorpio races. Yeah, this 
I don't know if you've ever heard of it before. I know it's probably I have not. Like, is that <laughs> so? The Scorpio Races is a young adult novel by Maggie Stiefvater, and it was uh, it came out in October 2011. So it's been quite some time <laughs> it's a standalone novel and it's it's i really like it i read it maybe 2012 um which was the the year i first met maggie um man she's really cool she's like a really she loves it's it's cool she loves racing at cars in particular oh, I, I was like, about to say, like what kind of racing <laughs> Yeah, she loves race cars and stuff, but, um, but I mean, so she took that love and incorporated it into this story about horse, horse racing. Oh, okay. Because she did have a horse, uh, when she was younger, uh, with her sister. Um, so the, yeah, the story is like incorporating a lot of different things that, that she loves. Um, yeah, so Scorpio, because it takes place, mid-October to November, which is the Scorpio horoscope time frame. So that's where that comes from. And this book, whenever November rolls around, I think me, myself, and a, a lot of people who like young adult books think about this this book because the first line of the book in the prologue is, it is the first day of November, and so today someone will die. Oh dear! Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty off to a good start. <laughs> yeah, um, so the setting or the the summary of the story is that it's set on a small fictional island called Fisby, and it's like super Ireland esque, mm. uh, and it's a very like stark cliff kind of place. Is the author the Irish? She is not, but she's like traveled to different places in the UK a lot and probably to Ireland. And she, she says that, um, part of her feels very much that it belongs there. Like she, yeah, like she, she's written her other books that she's written. Like it's a lot of, um, folklore and mythology intertwined in her writing and like fairy lore and, um, and Welsh, uh, history and and lore and stuff. And so, yeah, she's very much like tied and she to plays that the bag. Room. She plays the bagpipes. Like so. wow. <laughs> so yeah, she, she has many varied she's, interests. <laughs> I think it's in it's in her blood somewhere. I think. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and so this, so she created this, yeah, kind of Ireland esque kind of this this little rough um, island, and and then this. I think it takes, like, the time period is kind of hard to place, maybe, like, early to mid-1900s. I mean, it could be kind of modern day, but it's just on this kind of, like, island that time forgot. And there, I mentioned horse racing. So that's the the backdrop is this annual horse race called the Scorpio Races. And, but the, the catch is that, and this is where mythology works its way in. The horses that are being raced are water horses, man-eating, Ooh. deadly. These deadly. So I don't know if you're familiar with it. Well, I mean, I'll talk a little bit more about it in a moment. But yeah, so these mythological water horses um, are are the horses that are being raced, and there are two main characters. So the story alternates between uh, these two main characters. 
Puck, who is a, a girl, she and her two brothers lost their parents like a year before the story takes place. Mm-hmm. And um, they they have to work really hard, you know, to try to scrape by. And so they're on, they're on hard times. And um, the older brother says that he's moving away to the main island, which a lot of people do. They because life on the island is pretty hard, and so they a lot of people move move away. Uh, and so her older brother says that he's going to do that, and she's like, "Well, what are you know? Their family is falling apart, and you know how he brings in money to their family. I mean, they all work, but it's like you know. So she's like, "Well, I'm going to join these races." That's like a reckless thing that she declares, okay. like when he says that he's going to move away, and so, uh, which is a crazy thing because. Uh, so I read this book a long time ago. <laughs> I, I've kind of reread parts of it, but but I'm pretty sure like the, it's it's basically a male sport. Like it's just guys that do the racing, mm. and so she is the first girl Excellent. to enter the race. I love a spunky yeah. girl. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and so she's just super determined. Uh, and but of course she comes up to against against a lot of people that are like whatever you know that don't believe in her and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and she doesn't race a water horse she's racing her regular horse so so yeah so it's like a lot of firsts for Mm. her her. (laughs) Uh, and then the other main character is sean who uh he is also an orphan uh and they're they're both in their late teens like 18 19 something like that uh and he he like has always had a way with these horses like he works uh, at a ranch, I don't know if they call it a, a horse place. <laughs> a ra- it sounds weird to say ranch on like a windy, rainy island, a little island. Right, I know ranch, that I sounds like, so like southwestern, but yeah, but yeah. But I, I guess maybe it would be called yeah. anyway, or a farm, a, a farm, horse yeah. place, <laughs> yeah, a horse place. He, anyway, he's he's always worked with these horses, a horsery, um, oh yeah, a horsery. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. Um, and he's won the race several times. So anyway, so they're, these two are the main characters. And there is like a developing relationship through, through the story, of, of course. I mean, it's young adult and the two main characters is a boy and a girl. So like, mm. duh, right? <laughs> Which you, I know, I know. It's like, usually I'm like, Bleh. That is kind of your isn't... pet peeve, but yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. I keep bringing it up, but... <laughs> Sorry to people who like romance. Yeah, it's and okay. Stuff. I like a little romance. We all, we all have our own. Yeah, but this, I I appreciated how like she, she it wasn't gooey or anything. Okay, like it, it just feels natural. Yeah, it it's they they both both the characters still remain their own people. If that makes sense, like like I think that's one of the things I don't really like about it in uh, in books is that they the characters sometimes seem to like lose themselves mm, in this yeah. like blah kind of romance and so the, I, I like how Maggie Seavater writes her romances because they, the characters retain themselves <laughs> which is which anyway I like they're still like independent characters yeah um, so that's that's my plug for <laughs> for that um, yeah and so the so back to the mythology kind of of the water horses uh so when maggie was a little kid she used to check out uh, an encyclopedia of fairies from the from her library 
and and various you know books so she used to read like books of mythology and folklore and stuff and i was like oh me too me too this is like when i when i first met her back in 2012 she was like um talking about this and i was like ooh, me me too and she was like you get invisible ponies i was like yay <laughs> anyway, anyway um so yeah so some of the horses in mythology water horses in particular from folklore and mythology are like kelpies so some of you might might have um, heard of these kelpies, um, pukas, which are not always in the shape of horses, but sometimes, um, bakas, uh, kafaldur, and kapalishka is is the Irish name, which is what um, Maggie uses in the Scorpio races, kapalishka. Um, yeah, and so these are fairy creatures or supernatural creatures that eat people. <laughs> and oh dear. So, yeah, and they're the shape of horses. And so sometimes the horses can like take the shape of a man to lure ladies into the water to die or take the shape of cute little ponies to uh, entice children. And maybe the back of that pony will e- keep elongating to accommodate however many children <laughs> are are attempted um and and then uh i remember stories where it's like if you put a bridle on this kind of horse then it can't hurt you like it it becomes yours until it can get free um so this the story it's interesting because i mean the story is about these two people and their struggles with like family and like coming into their own, you know, identity and, and all this. Um, but like the backdrop, it's just really interesting in this like harsh environment. And then with these wild, like magical kind of, but deadly creatures, like it's just everyday life for them. So it's, it's really interesting how she like wove that together. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah, and, it, and it's interesting when, because uh, Maggie has, you know, she's done interviews and blog posts and stuff talking about how this book came about. And yeah, so when she was a kid, she, you know, that's when she first learned about water horses, but the idea always stuck with her. And so when she was a teen, she started trying to write stories that incorporated water horses. So what exactly and, is like, a water horse, especially if they can race against like a... So it's a Conven- horse, like it actually looks like a horse. horse. It's a horse that lives in the water. Oh, okay. It comes out of the water. I, I guess see. it would be amphibious. Amphibious. Okay. <laughs> or it's like, a mammal. How is, I mean, how it's is a mammal, a I guess. going to race in the water? <laughs> okay. That's where I was yeah. confused. So I guess if you think about, like, um, I mean, there's also in Greek mythology, you know, the horses, the, the crests of the waves are horses, like uh, Poseidon's chariot drawn by these horses of the water so like Mm -hmm. that's that but but those those are like that's kind of a separate mythology but they're but but it's still about horses from the water so i guess that that's kind of the same like a hippopotamus doesn't that mean water horse (laughs) yeah maybe and and maybe that's where some of the yeah Yeah, and sea cow. There are also sea cows, oh, right? right? Yeah, <laughs> manatees and and dugongs. Um, but yeah, so so it's interesting that um, various cultures have this idea of horse horses that come out of the water. Mm-hmm. Um, but in many of those 
uh, stories, they're deadly horses. So like, so that's, that's what appealed to her. It was this kind of wild, but, but dangerous. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so she, so she started writing, trying to write stories, but she, but throughout the years, she, she said that it just didn't feel Maggie enough. <laughs> like, like they were fun stories, but it didn't, but she realized like anybody could have written, like somebody else could have written this. Like she was waiting for it to be purely like it felt like her. Mm-hmm. And so years later, like different experiences and just getting to know herself better. Like she felt like it was the right time. And then she like took that basic idea of those, uh, water horse folk tales and like created her own mythology and setting, uh, which became, and it became Scorpio races. And she said that was, like that's one of those sort of books, um, one of her books that she really felt just super good about, like that it was her, like truly her. Yeah, like she found so her that, voice. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So it was neat though that she started like this with this idea, like when she was a teen, and you know, so for years she was like working on that. Um, and so something really cool, food related. So we'll get into the food now. Um is that she created these uh, cakes for the stories, this fiction food called November Cakes. Mm. And uh, I, I kind of want to read her own words about this development, if, if that's okay. Oh, yeah, um, please. She said, I've always loved reading food descriptions in books, and one of my favorite agonizing pleasures was reading about foods that didn't exist. I still remember the 42 century butter pies on a stick that Diana Wynne Jones wrote about in A Tale of Time City, which, when she said this, that's your like, fa- that's your favorite author, first of all. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, and you remember? Yes, of course. <laughs> yes. And I, so I know exactly what she's talking about. The 42 century butter pies on a stick, like, uh, that's one of those things that's always been in the back of my mind to recreate, but like, I really have to devote a lot of time and experimentation and like money to, because <laughs> yeah. it's like ice cream, it's like ice cream with a molten center, but yeah, on a stick. Anyway, it's, yeah. That seems difficult. difficult. (laughs) Like, it would require some experimentation. Yeah. Um, So, and she says, completely delicious sounding, completely not real. I always wanted to be that author, the one that torments loads of readers by inventing Uh foods so delicious they can't resist it, and then laughing meanly when they realize it's not real. (laughs) (laughs) And I had the perfect opening in the Scorpio races. It's set on a tiny remote island with not much to do. And the yearly Scorpio races are a big deal, so to kick it all off, they have a folk festival involving bonfires, superstitions, and beer. This, I thought, would be a great place to insert a fake seasonal food. At first, all I had was the name, November Cakes. Even I wasn't quite sure how these would bake up until the main character's brother showed them to us. And then this is like, this is part of the... Story. Finn finds my left hand, opens my fingers, and puts a November cake in my palm. It oozes honey and butter, rivulets of the creamy frosting, joining the honey in the pit of my hand. It begs to be licked. What? It's like, yes. I that sounds scrumptious. I want yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, in, in uh, Dinah Wynne Jones' Tale of Time City, she describes the butter pies as galoptuous. And so I, I feel like, yeah, and I feel like... 
Maggie has kind of got that idea here, like the galoptrus, the the like oozing honey and butter, and like it begs to be like just like galoptrus. Yeah. <laughs> um. Of course, as with all food descriptions in my novels, I quickly warmed to my mission and proceeded to fill the pages of the book with more things about the moist crumb, the nectar that seeps from the base of it, the icing that soaks into the cake before you can lick it off. Oh yes, now we were getting somewhere. My legacy as a fake food writer was beginning to look more promising. So that's... <laughs> that is what she said. And so that's what she she posted that... Um, that blog post a few days before the book was released. And with that, she shared a recipe that she created <laughs> and of November cakes. And so she went through a lot of, just like we do, like she went through a lot of kitchen experiments to like, and cause she's kind of a perfectionist and like to get this recipe for November cakes out to the world along with her book, which is really cool. Um, and then a few months later, she said it was still like nagging at her about this recipe. She's like, they, like the November cakes, they were fine, but fine is not good enough. <laughs> yeah. And so she said she spent, uh, so many months like turning over other solutions to like that she, she felt this little bit of unhappiness about her first November cakes recipe. And I, I feel that way sometimes too. I don't know if you have like recipes that we've posted. It's like, Oh, maybe I should change. Like maybe I could have changed this or something. So she was like feeling that. And she came up with another, she came up with like version two, <laughs> which she's like very proud of. And she says the cakey bit was fluffier, richer, more nuanced. And the glaze was gooier and clung to the crevices of the cakes better. Anyway, so she's really happy about the the new newer recipe version two. Okay. So I anyway, I just I just thought that was kind of cool. Um, so the November cakes are a huge deal, and it totally stands out to people um, when they read it. Um, but other foods in the books, again, so like uh, Puck, her real name is like Kate, um, Kate Connolly, but uh, she goes by Puck. So she. Um, so like I said, her family, they're kind of on hard times. So they eat a lot of beans. <laughs> so beans are mentioned. Um, we've got, of course, the November cakes. There's also, uh, an interesting tea. So kind of like the antagonist of the story, there's this like rich guy. Um, and at one point he visits Puck and they you know, talk about the races and stuff. And, uh, he asks for, salt and butter for his tea because she pours him some some tea okay and he asks for salt and butter and so you know it's like what like salted butter tea what is that all about but it's a real thing and i've made it and i like it <laughs> so in tibet it's a common i was about tea. to say i think that's like a tibetan yeah thing, i've heard of that too yeah yeah called pocha which is like a um let me see the translation of it, it just means like churned tea. Um, like, yeah. So it's like a frothy kind of tea and you can make it with like black tea, um, which is, or just, just tea leaves. Like, um, I think most commonly like, uh, I mean, you could do green tea, uh, black tea, but anyway, but yeah, it's butter and salt. 
<laughs> and and it's very very common. Like often people in Tibet, they'll like drink so many cups a day, like so many cups in the morning, uh, and it helps against the cold weather, and it helps your lips against being chapped. <laughs> oh, I need that. Um, Maybe I should. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> And, oh, yeah. So in, in the book, uh, the, the character says, butter, milk, and salt, please. I turned to Malvern. Sure, I'll see humor on his face, but there isn't any. I'm not sure, now that I think of it, that it's a face I could imagine humor on. It's more like a face I can imagine on a pound note. Uh, like money. Um, I hand him his cup of tea, a salt shaker, and our little butter bowl. Sitting down with a milk jug opposite, I watch him slice a small piece of butter into his tea, add a healthy dose of salt, and top it all up with milk before stirring it thoroughly. The liquid has a froth on it. It looks like something I saw come out from under a cow once. I don't think he'll drink it, but he does. Yeah. So often it'll be made with, like, knack's butter. Um, like, yak, but the knack is the female version. So whenever people say... Yak milk or yak butter. It's really knack. I didn't know that. that. They should be saying. Oh. It's like bull versus cow. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm learning a lot. So today. yeah. But I mean, if you like, knack's milk or butter is like not easy to come by if you're not into that. So. <laughs> so yeah. So you can just use um, like goat's milk is a good substitute. Um, but yeah, just, yeah, so make up some tea and, uh, blend in, like if you use an immersion blender, it helps it get really frothy, like really nice, uh, yeah, butter, milk, and then like if you want to put a pinch of nutmeg, that gives it like a nice, yeah, Anyway, so... That sounds delightful. So very, very November-y. Good for cold weather. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, so I made November cakes and pocha uh, a long time ago, but, like, I'm sharing that for this, <laughs> for this, <laughs> for this episode. Um, because, yeah, like, they're, it's, like you said, it's very nice for this time of year. Uh, and then also, I also made uh, apple cake and, and then mint tea to go along with it is, is also in the book. Uh, it's a kind of a cute sentence, like instead of having the regular beans that they're all tired of, uh, Puck says, I make an apple cake and feel rather virtuous about it. (laughs) So it was cute. Like that was their dinner. She made an apple cake and and some mint tea, fresh, fresh mint leaf tea. Uh, and this, uh, apple cake recipe that, that I share is, um, actually from my great aunt, uh, who, who passed away a lot, uh, many, many years ago. But, um, I used to love when I visited her as a kid, like we would visit her often and she would always, she, she would be the one like, Oh, would you like some, like some treat or something? And then my mom would be like, no, no, it's fine. And I'm like, yes. She's like, mm. and I, and then I would, but I would like whisper in <laughs> my great aunt's ear, like, yes, please. <laughs> and so then she'd take me into the kitchen and like give me, some whatever you know dessert she had that were like always homemade like cookie like um crack cookies like a huh, crack cookie, crackle cookies i think is what they were called but it was like made cake mix cookies um but like and then yeah and then this cake or pound cake or something um yeah so this is a really nice moist apple cake 
Uh, it's kind of like an apple pie cake. Like, like kind of like a coffee cake, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's just really good. Yeah. So I have a, I'll share that recipe, the link to that recipe too. Um, you're giving away family and, secrets. Wow. I know, right? <laughs> it's not, I know. It's not, it's a good secret. Though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And other food. I mean, basically the, like, those are the big things that stand out there. Yeah. The beans, I don't know. Beans and I aren't friends. People talk about how beans are good for you and stuff. Maybe, but I don't like how they're good for me. Oh. They don't make me, f- they don't make me feel good. So I usually stay away from beans. <laughs> <laughs> I eat so many beans. <laughs> I, I know. I How do you, them. like, does, like, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be, like, I mean, we eat, veg- we eat vegetarian but, like, at home, so it is, like, a huge protein source, so we eat it, like, several times a week. But, like, do your bodies just get used to it and I think, you're not, like, I think so. Like, I think if you eat, it all day or Yeah, whatever. if you eat it a lot, I think it's, yeah, if you don't eat Maybe that's my I think problem. that's probably yeah. the... <laughs> I need to, like, take a month or something and just eat beans, and then I'll, like... Because I know what you're referring to. They're not just good for your heart. (laughs) Yeah, it's the magical fruit, so... (laughs) But not really fruit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I'm I'm flipping through. I mean, I've... I, like, I have a physical copy, but I... It's in storage with any food tabs, so I, like, got an ebook copy, and I was going through it. Highlighting all the foods. Um, yeah, I mean, there's like an orange, uh, precious butter bread. Like precious butter meaning like, because they're scrounging for pennies. Um, yeah, and then of course, a lot of raw meat. Raw! <laughs> for, ah. the, for the Kapalishka, yeah, for the... Um, the carnivorous horses. Oh, well, we're going to have some overlap in our topics then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, so that's, that's pretty, uh, pretty much what I wanted to share. Um, just a couple of kind of extra things. The book, the Scorpio races was, uh, optioned for film, uh, but there haven't really been a lot of updates right now. I mean, uh, so 2016 was the, I think was maybe the, last update but um it it had a director and a a script and um being produced by cat smith Productions. so i don't know maybe at some point we'll we'll get a a film version of it and that would be pretty cool and they would have to put november cakes in it because it's like a pretty prominent you know in your face thing Yeah, yeah so like that would be cool um, and then Maggie is also an artist. So she's, she's like a Renaissance woman. She is so multifaceted. She, I know. Yeah. Yeah. She's super creative and she like races cars. She like writes car articles and stuff. <laughs> like she's really cool. Yeah. Bagpipes. Um, so she is currently working on a Scorpio seed tarot deck, tarot, tarot deck. Uh, and she previously did, she has another, uh, series that I really love called The Raven Cycle, mm-hmm. which is four books. Uh, the first one is The Raven Boys, but she made a, a tarot deck for, for that series. Oh. And so it's cool that she is, uh, making a deck. I love this themed tarot book. decks. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's very cool. And it's really cool because this is like an older book, like 2011. And so it's neat that she, like, it's still 
a really awesome book. Like, you, you know, even after all these years with all, you know, new books and everything coming out, like, this is still a book that is mm-hmm. up there in favorites. Uh, so she's doing that. Um, and again, like I mentioned, she's, so she's musical. And so she created, uh, a free MP3 that you can download that is, um, like for this book, which is cool. Uh, and she made a book trailer that she animated herself. Like it's anyway, it's really cool. Like I'll put all those links, but just like, if you're interested or if you're already familiar with the book and you want to like see what these extra things are, like there's that. So very nice. So that's it. The Scorpio races. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So now let's talk about raw. So that's interesting that your your um, book has raw meat in it because there's lots of raw meat in this movie because it's a cannibalism <laughs> movie, <sighs> and a very well done one at that. Um, I think let's see, it came out in two, 2016, but I saw it in 2017, and so I think I I may have tweeted at the end of 2017. This was my favorite horror movie of the year. I loved it. Mm, it is okay. um, a French movie. I think it was filmed in Belgium, Belgium actually, because um, uh, for the specific reason that they could not find a, a campus like they wanted in, in France because like the universities were different there. So um, mm. let's see. It's directed by Julia Ducourneau and stars Garance Marillier as Justine, who is... I believe she's like 16 in the movie, but she's going to college. Like she, um, she skipped a grade and she's going to this, um, so she's very young and very innocent and she's going to this veterinary school. Um, her parents went there before, so they're, um, they're alumni and her older sister is there. So she kind of has her older sister there to show her the ropes. They're pretty close. Um, she's very like kind of shy and timid and her older sister's kind of like wild and outgoing. So they have different personalities. (laughs) Um, but very early on, um, like, they're on the way to the school, and there's already a food scene. Like, they, her and her parents stop to eat, and her, um, they're going to, they're in this, like, kind of cafeteria setting. And her mother, like, is very specific. They're like, we're vegetarians, no meat, you know, this or that. And so they sit down to eat, and she's got mashed potatoes. And she takes a bite, and she um, bites a, a meatball that had gotten like lost in the mashed potatoes or whatever. So she, she immediately spits it out because like they're vegetarian. They don't, they don't eat any meat. It's very important, etc., etc. So she gets to the school and her sister's there kind of shows her around. This is the most interesting like veterinary college I've ever seen. Uh, like the, the kids are like, they're very into this like school life. Like, First of all, going to like these crazy classes, they'll like just show up in a room and there's like a cow hanging upside down or like it's it's ridiculous. Oh it's way. ridiculous. There's like animals everywhere, but they're also like um, they're rushing the the younger students or the freshmen that come in, and so they'll like wake them up in the middle of the night and like dump all their stuff mm-hmm. out and like um, they'll go to these wild parties that are all night, and so it's just like a very intense life. You know, they'll make them wear mm-hmm. um, you know like a uh, like dress, like, I don't know, like clubbing dresses during the day while, you know, <laughs> under their lab coats. And, um, yeah. 
Yeah, it's just like a very intense thing. And so she's very overwhelmed. Like I said, she's, she seems like she's very innocent. And, um, it's like, yeah, uh, interesting experience when she first arrives here. But it really kicks off when, um, one of, one of the things that they make them do during this like hazing rituals they have there is eat a rat, rabbit kidney. So. Her sister encourages her to, like, she's like, we're vegetarian. But she's like, ah, it's just part of the thing. Just do it. So she does. And afterwards, like, she starts, like, having all these strange reactions. She gets this, like, crazy rash. She starts, like, <sighs> craving meat, you know. So um, she she goes with her friend um, to eat shawarma at the gas station in the middle of the night. And she comes home, and she's, like, hiding raw chicken in her fridge and starts eating it and just like more and more and she's like she doesn't know what's happening to her and at the same time like it's very much like a coming of age movie too because um she starts kind of like it becoming very like kind of sexual in nature you know and kind of like blossoming almost you know but it's like the the appetite exactly exactly yeah so like it kind of you know awoke something in her and then i I don't want to spoil this moment because it's like my favorite moment of the film, but like something happens and um, like there's such an intense build up to it. The music in this movie is great too. So when this thing mm-hmm. actually happens and if you see the film, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Like it just kind of rushes in and it's like so intense and it's like, it's, I don't know. You can see her whole world mm-hmm. opening up, you know? So it's, it's, yeah. Um, so I don't want to get, I don't want to talk about too much more than that, but, um, yeah, cause I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, it's a great movie, but lots of, lots of food. Like I said, um, mostly meat. <laughs> so <laughs> like, so it's, it's a veterinary college, but it's, are there, so it sounds like there's lots of dead animals though. Is that, I guess, is that normal for like to do, a, um, like animal cadaver kind of thing, like to do practice I think so like because that, I I would think I it's I would think it's very much like medical school like you would be yeah. you know using yeah like I guess bodies where you can find them to like practice on so there's definitely like animals that they're like dissecting and live animals as well that they're kind of like um hopefully healing right like, yes exactly yeah they're not no they're not doing experiments <laughs> on the live animals no I mean they're yeah. they're they want to be vets they want to help animals so I think it's all okay yeah so <laughs> it's just I mean it's bizarre to see them like in classrooms with a giant cow but like it's all very yeah. like um ethical they're not doing like weird experiments you know <laughs> so yeah okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so, um, yeah, so I, I went into a little bit of the food in the movie. Like I said, um, they, they eat, uh, mashed potatoes on the way to the school, um, eats rabbit kidney, um, goes out with her friend, like I said, for shawarma, which you can see her eating on a baguette. I guess that's like very French thing. Her, her, <laughs> her friend is, um, Algerian, so he takes her out. Um, and let's see. And then during this moment that I don't want to reveal too much, um, she talks about it later. It tasting of curry. (laughs) So that's, um, that's kind of what I'm going to use to inform the dish I'm planning to make for this. Like, um, I I like this movie so much in 2017 that I've been kind of thinking about what I would like to make for it for a while. Um, and even Mm -hmm. though it's like such a meat heavy movie, I want to make like a completely vegetarian dinner. <laughs> so this could be like pre her awakening, pre awakening. Yeah, she would have. Yeah, <laughs> what she would have enjoyed. 
Yeah, so I was thinking to make the mashed potatoes like she eats. Um, and then mm-hmm. to represent the rabbit kidneys, like kind of like some sautéed mushrooms or marinated mushrooms mm-hmm. or something like that, would, which would be really good. But for the for the main dish, I've been wanting to make these for a while. I've seen these um, chickpea cutlets, basically just mashed chickpeas, and you season them. Um, but, but since she talks about the, the thing tasting of curry, I want to make them like kind of curry flavored and put a bunch of spices mm. and make a nice little chickpea cutlet. So I'll have like a completely vegetarian um, dinner inspired by raw. <laughs> that sounds really cool. So what do, do her parents factor into the movie again? Her, like, her parents? And if she's off college but yeah so I, I think it kind of loops it around pretty nicely like I don't want to give away too okay. much but like her pa- yeah. like you know like I said her parents are definitely aware that like something's up which I think is why they are so strict, strict about, about that. being that's ve- what I was vegetarian. wondering yeah. Like yeah yeah and um so it definitely is kind of like a family thing because her sister like she she kind of gets to, I, they've been very secretive about this, but I think her sister knows more than she initially lets on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just a little bit more about the movie, too. Like, it's it's really beautifully filmed. The music's really cool. And um, the actress who plays Justine is just brilliant. Like I said, she's, she's very young, but she has, like, such a range. You know, she perfectly... Um, Mm-hmm. seems like that young innocent like wide-eyed student and she and, and again seems like completely overwhelmed but also intrigued by this like college world um mm-hmm. yeah so she's very believable i think so and is it subtitled or is it yes it's in, is it's french it's a french yes yeah, in french or, so yeah which i took in high school but not enough to like <laughs> completely understand this movie. Yeah, so it's it's subtitled. We just need to know the French words for lots of meats and stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In fact, I think the French... So, yeah, like, raw kind of has a double entendre, I guess, you know, because it's, like, both, like, raw mm-hmm. meat, but also kind of, like, the... I, I, you know, the, the raw, feeling, raw feelings, raw feelings that yeah. she's experiencing, too. And I think the, um, yeah. the French title is grave, which I think translates to serious. So it kind of has a... Is grave. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But it kind of sounds, but it rhymes. Yeah, raw. 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 <laughs> kind of. Serious. Yeah, I like the raw title kind of sounds. Yeah. So, cool. yeah, th- this, so I would actually, if you're interested, I think this is on Netflix. At least it was when I saw it like a year ago. So, um,. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would think it's worth checking out. It does. There are some very gross parts, and there is some like very kind of interesting body horror in this movie. Um, I think at one point, like she, she's kind of struggling with these new feelings she's experiencing, and she's like eating her hair, and um, like later mm. vomits it. It's disgusting. So <laughs> there's some really gross stuff. In but this. some people actually do eat their hair. I know it is a thing. Yeah. yeah, it is a thing. It's like an expectation. Yeah, from different like yeah. anxiety disorders or whatever. So yeah, it's like it's mm-hmm. definitely like a real thing. It's not just like, you know. I mean, obviously, like this strange cannibalism's like not a real thing. Yeah. But like some of the some of the behaviors are definitely like well, that's well, interesting that yeah incorporate that yeah for anxiety. yeah like yeah, of course exactly. she's having anxiety right like, right so like that's stuff, the thing yeah. like even though the cannibalism is kind of over the top like. It's definitely like a very relatable um, 
story. Like she de- she definitely has a very relatable arc. I feel like. So yeah, I guess that's what we've you've talked about before. Like with horror, is that it always like it has like good horror has that very human yes aspect like, to I'm it, not, even though there's like this extreme backdrop. Yeah, of it, like, a- absolutely. Like yeah. I'm I'm not interested in watching movies that are just as like gross as they can be, just for the yeah for the grossness of it, you know? I mean, they mm-hmm. definitely have to have, like, a very human ele- element, and this does. Like, I love the character, and I think she's really well-developed, and, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, the actress is excellent. Yeah, and it, it is interesting, like you said, body horror and stuff, like, yeah, cannibalism, and it's very much, yeah, like you are saying, the um, dual, like, the symbolic of, um, like, emotions and like human appetites and stuff exactly but yeah because yeah, it's, yeah. It's, and, it, it's, and it can be gruesome or it can be even humorous in a in a in a way like it can be it's interesting like how how people can movies could depict it or write it or you know yeah and it is because it's it about is a good metaphor too especially like kind of when you when you go to college and you're kind of discovering yourself and like you you like are who you want to be in many ways you know not just like in, like, sexual ways, but also just, like, what you're interested in, like, what kind of person you want to be, what you want to do. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, like, and also, like, just, I don't know, discovering how you feel about things, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like, you can f- be overwhelmed or, like, yeah, e- eaten in a way. Like, you just, like, eaten up by something. Yeah. Like. Consumed. Yeah. Yes, consumed. Uh-huh. Very, I know. I can't think of words sometimes. You're like metaphor, consumed. Yes, <laughs> those, like exactly. No, those are. That's exactly what I was trying to say. But yeah, so it's interesting. Like I'm, I'm kind of curious. Like whenever you talk about horror movies, it's like, yeah, I'm not like. Well, I mean, I say I'm not into horror, but then I read creepy book, like kid books. You're into but like, spooky. It's a little different. Yeah. You're <laughs> spooky. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Horror is, I'm not, <laughs> but, um, but, but I'm always intrigued by like, yeah, the, the human parts of it or the, like the, like you said, the metaphors. Yeah. Well, like the so, type like, of movies I like, I would like, be curious like I said, aren't, aren't like, just like, yeah, the, I don't know. Like, I, I don't like a lot of the same like horror movies that a lot of horror fans like, I, like they definitely have to be good, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for yeah. lack of a better word, but you know what I mean. It, it has to have that like human element in it. That like, if you kind of stripped out all the disgustingness, it could just be like a, a, a coming of age movie. Really, this this movie could. So. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just... yeah substitute the cannibalism with. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. She's, yeah, she really loves cute bunnies. Raw it's just bunnies everywhere. Yeah, Raw really is <laughs> Lady Bird with cannibalism. <laughs> so, uh, see, I still need to watch Lady Bird. Oh, it's really good. I, I have it. I think I have it on my queue. But yeah, <laughs> nice. Well, interesting. Yeah, I, I was wondering how, because because you do vegetarian, and so I was like, how is this gonna? <laughs> I know. I was like, I'm gonna make an overtly yeah. vegetarian. You're meal. always really clever with how you. Um, I know. Like I, I, I was proud of this yeah. one because again, like, um, like I always challenge. try to make like family dinner type meals too yeah yeah because my cooking that's like an extra challenge my cooking time is limited so i need to kind of multitask you know it's like this needs to be Mm -hmm. for a fictional thing it has to be creative and delicious and it also has to feed everybody (laughs) which i love to make desserts but that's not dinner so (laughs) 
What? Well, oh. Puck would disagree. Okay, yeah, I'm okay, like, that, that's a bold statement. That's a bold statement for me. So let, me let me backtrack. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> we'll put recipes and uh, links to anything we've talked about on our website uh, fictionkitchenpodcast.com yeah and you can find us on twitter at fkpod and instagram at fictionkitchenpodcast thanks so much for listening we'll catch you next time bye